Well, greetings to everyone in Jesus' precious name this morning. It is a good day to serve the Lord, even though it's a bit different than we have normally had here. My prayer is that all of you may be in good health, and that uh, your soul would prosper this morning and be in health as well. Well, before we get into the message, let's just take a moment to pray. Father, this morning, in Jesus' name, we approach this time in anticipation for your spirit to work in and through us, Lord, that we might receive the good things of God. We thank you so much for having loved us and having provided for everything we need spiritually. And my prayer is this morning that we be built up in the faith. I pray for those who are not well, that you may give them health and recovery, and that all of us may be walking in the fear of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, I'd like to put a little bit on the board here. There is a verse that gives us admonition, and here's a part of it. See, I think it only is supposed to have one L here. The word is excel. Seek that ye may excel. Now, I think all of us like to excel. And there are many different ways to excel. In this particular verse, what I want to focus on is what comes after that word and describes to us what we are to excel in. Seek that ye may excel. The word seek, of course, is action, something we should pursue and desire. Seek that ye may excel. Now you know what excel means. We all enjoy something that excels. We like the things that are excellent. And when we think of human endeavor, To excel in something means to go beyond, above, surpass, to have sufficient, plenty, more than is necessary, to have an abundance. And perhaps if you think of a race, all run, And one receives the prize because he or she has excelled in that particular endeavor. Well, the scripture tells us to seek that ye may excel, but to what end? What is the purpose that we are exhorted to 
excel in. You will find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 12. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. It says, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. edifying of the church. Now, in the context here, 1 Corinthians 14, it is talking about spiritual gifts. It is talking uh, in this passage particularly about speaking in tongues. And it says in verse 5, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth, Then he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. And then in verse 12, he repeats that, Even so ye, forasmuch as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Now in the context This excel could refer to spiritual gifts, but it's not an end in itself. And the reason he wants us to excel is to the edifying of the church. Edify. Now, how many of you excel in edifying the church? Well, you may say, well, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm not the best judge. And that may be true. Our self-evaluation may not always be that accurate. But it should be our endeavor to excel in the edifying of the church and to that purpose, whether it be exercising our gift in a manner that goes above and beyond, it adds to, it is more than necessary, more than sufficient. We've given it that extra that the church might be edified. Now, I'm not going to be focusing particularly on gifts this morning. What I want to focus on is this word edify and the concept of edifying one another. That is our study this morning. It is a topical study, and the title I actually gave it is to edify one another. Edify one another. And the exhortation here is to excel in that endeavor.
I have five passages of Scripture that I would like for us to turn to you as a study this morning in which this subject is addressed, that of edifying one another. And we'll try to draw some principles out of these passages. However, before we look at those specifically, I would like to mention a parallel word that is taken from the same root word, and that is the word edifice. Now, the word edifice, according to the Webster's Dictionary, says a building, a structure, appropriately a large or splendid building. The word is not applied to a mean building, but to temples, churches, or elegant mansion houses, and to other great structures. That is the word edifice, and we have this similar word edify. Now literally the word edify means to build up, or to build as in a structure, and it's used here and elsewhere in the scripture, metaphorically, of building up uh, spiritually in the faith. So the application is drawn from a building. Now if you think about an edifice, which is a large building, requires many components, many parts, supporting parts, and if you were to build an edifice or if you were edifying, that means to build up, to make this edifice, if you will. And for those of you who are builders, you understand very well that to build up means to add to, to strengthen, to support. It means, uh, and then metaphorically here, when we're talking about a spiritual life or the church, uh, we're not talking about a physical structure, but we're talking about that body that Christ is trying to build. And it means to add to, to support, to increase, and to add substance, if you will, to beautify it. One of the core build, uh, meanings of this word, you could understand if you think of a structure as you're building it, needs support. If you're setting up a wall initially, you might add extra, uh, extra braces to support that wall until it is enclosed in the structure that gives it its final support. That brace might be temporary. There may be permanent braces enclosed in the structure, but the purpose is to strengthen it, to make sure that it stands, and to increase so that it might um, support and, and accomplish that which it's intended for. Now it's interesting, the word edifice is not applied to a mean building not to something that's just common and ordinary or small. It is applied to words or to structures that are magnificent, large, such as a temple, a church, large church building. 
or elegant mansion houses, palaces, and we are not necessarily uh, promoting the building of huge, magnificent structures to meet in, but I would like to draw attention to the parallel here that when we are talking about edifying one another, we are talking about building what the scripture refers to as the temple of God. Which temple ye are? Ye are a building of God. You are a habitation of God. And we ought to be building a structure that is worthy of God's habitation. And it ought not to be just a common and ordinary or it shouldn't be something that is just kind of quickly constructed and we say, well, that's good enough. Just build a little shack and, and we'll be fine. No. God wants the church to be built up as a habitation for the Spirit of God. And we ought to approach it with some earnestness and some labors to make it magnificent to adorn the doctrine of God, not just to see what we can get by with, but to make it glorious. I would like for you to keep that in mind as we go through this study of edifying one another, that we are not just building some small shack. We intend for this structure to stand, and we intend for it to adorn the doctrine of God. Well, let's begin in our study here in Romans chapter 14. In Romans chapter 14, verse 19, we find this word edify. It says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. Okay, so what is he telling us? We ought to be edifying one another, meaning to build up, to support, to increase, and I may mention it here and probably repeat it again that as it pertains to building up the church, we are talking about making an increase in the spiritual vitality. We are talking about making an increase of the body in numbers, in strength. We are talking about growing in the knowledge of God. We are talking about being conformed more and more to His image. We are talking about an expansion and a growing in knowledge and strength. So here, he says, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Now the context here, Romans 14, talks about, as we uh, would note here in verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. 
Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. And then uh, go down to verse 7. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And while, again, we're not looking specifically at the... uh, at this details about relating one to another, but just note here that there are some who are stronger in the faith than others. There are some here he describes as weak, and we are to receive them, not to judge them or despise them, but we should work with them, we should be able to help strengthen them, And in verse 7, I believe is a principle that we should bear in mind at all times, none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And in this subject of edifying one another, let's remember that we are our brother's keeper. We don't go through this life just by ourselves and think that, well, I will do my thing and you can do your thing. But rather, we are laborers together. We are building the same structure. We should be. We should be endeavoring to be unified, to make a beautiful structure. And our Christian life is not to be lived just by and for ourselves. While personal growth is important, let's remember that it is an end to a greater structure than just ourselves. None of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. And so the bottom line is, we can't just exist together here as a group and say, well, I'll do my thing, you do yours, whatever suits you, um, and I'll pursue what I want. We need to work together and we need to endeavor to have the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. While it may be true, some are stronger than others. That doesn't mean that the strong can ignore the weak and just go their own way. Verse 13. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. That means I need to conduct myself in a way that edifies or builds up, not in a manner that is offensive and that causes another brother to trip or to stumble, but that he might be edified, strengthened in the faith, not discouraged by some action of mine, but strengthened. Then he says here, let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. And then Going on to chapter 15, verse 1, he says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. 
There you have it again. Edification. For his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Okay, let's go to passage number 2. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 23. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Now in verse 23 where it says that all things are lawful for me, but all things edify not, I do believe it applies to us personally. Some things that we may be permitted to do are not edifying to us. But it's also true that it may not edify to someone else. And so he says in the following verse, Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. So, when I consider my liberties, the things that I am permitted to do, we might ask the question, so what's wrong with this or that? And in order to answer that correctly... We need to judge it not just by what pleases me, but consider whether it actually is profitable for me and is it profitable for my brother that I might seek another's wealth or his well-being, that he also might be built up in the faith, strengthened, supported, not caused to trip or stumble, but to be strengthened by an extra bracing, if you will, if in considering a building, something that increases his knowledge, his strength, his health, and his endurance. Okay, let's go to passage number three. And that is where we started out in 1 Corinthians 14. We looked at verse 12 where it talks about excelling to the edifying of the church. But I would note several times that it's used in this passage, and again in the context here, specifically about speaking in tongues, but in relation to other gifts in the church. And he says in verse 5, that the church may receive edifying. And in verse 19 he says, Yet in the church I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than ten thousand words in an unknown tongue. And why is that? Is because he desired that the church be edified or strengthened. And then in verse 26 he says, 
How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Excelling in a spiritual gift is what he is, he is after here to the edify of the church. To excel in a spiritual gift is not for me to be on exhibition where everyone praises me. For me to excel in my gift is that it might strengthen and support the church. Not to bring glory to myself, but to glorify the building of God, the church of God. That's why we should seek to excel. And there's a very important principle in that when we seek another's wealth, when we seek to strengthen the body and everyone in it. It turns the focus away from myself and allows me to consider my brother and to focus on helping my brother. And so in this teaching here, Paul's underlying encouragement was that we consider that what we do should be edifying. Edifying to the body. Now let's turn to the fourth passage, and that is in Ephesians chapter 4. And let's begin reading in verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Wow. Now that is saying a lot in a short number of words there. If you think about the several times he uses the word edifying, or the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 16, of maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. When you read through this description and all the various parts 
are working together to focus on this matter of building, edifying, as he uses the word here. But it is increasing, adorning, making stronger, growing in knowledge. It says here, till we all come in the unity of the faith. This edifying unifies. Now it is possible, of course, to be unified in things that are carnal. The world knows that. There's a certain measure of unity, at least, in in things carnal. That's not what we're looking at here. We're looking at increasing in spiritual things and being unified. He says, unity of the faith, the true doctrine of God, and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Our knowledge individually should be increasing. We should also contribute to our brother's increase in the knowledge of God. And we're striving to become a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We are not measuring our perfection by comparing ourselves to the ones beside us, but we are measuring it to the stature of Christ. Do we measure up to that? Well, we have not yet attained, but we're, we're working on it. Unto the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children. Okay, so we want to go beyond childhood. We want to grow and mature. As we reach maturity, there is less and less being tossed here and there in doubts and, and dissensions or, or being troubled by new doctrines or perhaps even to be excited about new doctrines that we should not be embracing. And the warning here is that there are winds of doctrine, there is slight of men, trickery or deceptions and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So, one of the things that happens in the edifying of the church is that there are warnings given. There are efforts made to not allow distractions and deceptions to take root. We must be diligent about that as well. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. And he goes on to say that the whole body is fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working. The measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself. In love. So the question is, how is the health 
of this body. And if you think about your sister, your brother, how are they doing? Are they well? And should that be of concern to you? And the answer is yes. This is a bit of a rhetorical question. We are our brother's keeper and their health should be of concern to us. And so then the question comes, what can we do about it? What can we do to help, support, to strengthen, to build up, to protect against dangers or struggles, to give them stability in the faith, the faith that they might be strong against deception or opposition. In short, are we occupied or seeking to excel that the body might be whole and well and strengthened? Are we concerned about more than just myself and what I can receive from, a, from the body or am I concerned that the body collectively be in good health? Let's go to uh, passage number 5, and that is in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. 1 Timothy 1, 4. It says here, neither giving... Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a good, a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Here he uses the term godly edifying. That means... Again, the root definition here is to build up and being built up in a godly way, a, a God-honoring, a God-glorifying way. He's simply saying that there are fables, there are endless genealogies that are not profitable to our goal. They minister questions, it says, rather than godly edifying. So we should avoid the things that cause, um, well, you put in all kinds of things here like disunity, uh, questions, questionable things. But rather we should seek the things that are edifying that build up in the faith. Now, those are the five passages. They're not the only places in the scripture that this word edifying or edify is used. 
but it gives us, in our study here, a clear picture that we as, as individuals have a responsibility and a privilege of being part of a body, and our goal should be to increase, to glorify, and as we refer back to that uh, parallel word, edifice, we're building an edifice, or we should be, a temple that is worthy of the habitation of God. And so, as we consider our own part in this, am I doing my part to increase or to edify my brother? Now, in all of this, I know we're talking about principles and maybe not a lot of specific things, but if we don't understand what our purpose is, then we're not likely to be very effective in it. I'd like to ask a, a few questions. These are... Um, some basic life questions, if you will, in the, in the spiritual life. But it ties into this subject here, and the questions are, what is a church for? Why am I a part of a church? What is my responsibility in the church? What benefits do I receive from being part of a church? Now, of course, there are no really short and simple answers to this. They are rather searching in questions that we ponder and, and strive to come to some understanding. But when we study this topic of edifying one another, it begins to add some, or give some answers to some of these questions. What is church for? Is church just a place for me to go and receive and that my spiritual life might prosper? Well, it should be all of that. It should be some place where you receive and you grow and you prosper. But you also have a part to play in that, and you have a part to do to build up the body. And that means beyond just yourself, you have the responsibility for the welfare of others. Why am I a part of a church? Well, we're here to help each other and to build each other up and to consider that we are building something beyond myself or my comfort zone. I am here to build the kingdom of God. And that kingdom is built in a literal 
and specific way in this body. If we go back to our passage there in Ephesians, you will note that it talks about the fullness of the body of Christ. The uh, the message that you hear frequently in our in our uh, evangelical world today, I'll just say the the Christian world speaks much about our life representing the life of Christ, and that's that's right and good. There maybe isn't always a perfect expression of that, but but the thought that we as individuals represent Christ on the earth, that is good and right, but it goes much farther than that, and that is that God expects us to be a member in a body. And it is the body, the church, that gives the fullness of the representation of Christ. It is not accomplished by me just going off by myself and being spiritual. But it is as I be a part of a body. I function in that body. I build up the body. As I encourage and strengthen you, you encourage and strengthen me. And together we build that habitation of God through the Spirit. So what is a church for? It's not just to have uh, opportunity for everyone to display their own um, their own gifts. The gifts are to be sought for and pursued and excelled in for the edification of the body. You see the difference? If I am seeking my own glory and my own prominence, I am actually diminishing the fullness of the body and the unity and the, and the beauty of a, a um, multi-member group that is functioning with one heart and one mind. What is my responsibility in the church? My responsibility goes beyond just uh, maintaining my own spiritual life, which though that is of course very important, but I am also responsible to assist my fellow members to the fullness in Christ, to increase their knowledge of God. As we look through these passages of Scripture, we noted various things that are affected. In my, as I think about my life, it affects my liberties. As Paul said, there are, uh, there are things that are lawful, but all things edify not. 
course, the implication is that those things that do not edify, we should not pursue, even though they might be lawful in and of themselves, they don't edify, and therefore they should be rejected. When you're uh, Just my mind went to a recent conversation I had with someone about building, um, and this was something simple like mini barns, but he was talking about how in his particular uh, part of the work, the importance of picking out the lumber that's straight and that's not blemished. And he was talking about getting quality lumber and, and sometimes he gets... Uh, certain bundle of lumber that a number of them are rejected because they detract from the beauty, the uh, unity of the structure, the completeness, the perfection that ought to be there. And he takes certain, certain ones and turns them so that the blemishes are hidden, so that when you look at it, and these are issues that are not necessarily structural. If it's structural, if it's twisted or warped, it's rejected because it, it leaves a damaged structure. It detracts from the integrity and the beauty of the whole. Well, how about making some spiritual application to those things? There are certain things that in and of themselves it might, be, might not be wrong, but does it add strength? Does it add beauty and structure to the whole? That should be a consideration as well. This matter of edifying is central to the question of whether I live for myself or whether I live for others. I live for others, I will seek their welfare, not only my own. It affects our words. And I'm not sure, I don't think we even looked at that passage, but um, there's a verse that talks about using words that build up and that edify, not, uh, let's see, that was in, let me just turn to that, in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edify, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. But affects the words we choose. We should be not using corrupt communication, not words and communication that tears down, leaves blemishes, wounds, but words that edify, build up, strengthen, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption.
So all these are affected as I consider whether I am edifying. Edify one another. And just in closing, this uh, challenging question, am I building an edifice as I consider edifying one another? Do we have a vision of making an edifice? Not just a shack that might be the minimum we can get by with, but are we adorning the structure of the church of God? Talking metaphorically here, of course, of spiritual realities in, in the body of Christ. Let's strive together to build an edifice. Let's just close with a prayer. Father, as we have looked at your admonition here in the word of God, I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, and that we might strengthen one another to edify one another, to adorn the building and temple of God. Oh, Lord, I pray you would deliver us from the things that are carnal and distracting, words that don't edify, actions that don't edify, liberties that are carnal and do not edify. Oh, Lord, I pray, make us true soldiers and builders in the kingdom of God that we might build one another in the faith we might contribute to the soundness of the body, of the building, that we all come in the fullness of the stature of Christ. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.